Well, thank you, Jr. It's a, such a pleasure to have you here. Uh, just being so open, being the fact that you are a CEO and you have a country, a company that you have built up, and now it's, I think you mentioned it was over a half a million dollars or a million dollar company. And I'd like for you to just tell us, how did you, you know, how did you get started? What's your background? Well, well, first, thank you uh, for having me uh, on on your show, Shari. Um, I, I got a kind of a crazy background because, um, you know, the name of my company is Flip That Stock, and we're an education and technology company that specializes in teaching, you know, beginners how the stock market works and then how to use the latest technology to uh, what we call flip stocks, uh, which is buying and selling stocks in a very short period of time. And so I, I didn't go to school for this, you know. I uh, I went to Hampton University, and I actually graduated with a nursing pre-med degree. Uh, father was a doctor, mother was a nurse, and they encouraged me to go that route and go on to medical or dental school. Uh, but after graduating with that degree and working in a hospital for a little while, uh, I realized, you know, it's not really what I wanted to do. And I knew it would be a big commitment uh, to go on to a medical or dental school. So um, I uh, got into to pharmaceutical sales and um, really enjoyed the sales and marketing aspect of things. For a few years, I was in corporate America, and, and they gave me all these perks, company cars, six figures, and, you know, it's kind of intoxicating. But after a while, after a few years, I was like, you know, I'm making these guys tens of millions of dollars, and compared to what I'm getting paid, those calculations aren't adding up. Plus, it wasn't I wasn't passionate about it. So what I did was I started creating uh, little companies or businesses on the side. I said, I'm going to, you know, take all my passions, and I'm going to find a way to, you know, uh, make some money off of it. So one of my passions was uh, playing guitar, and I bought all this equipment, music equipment, and uh, started a uh, a studio, and uh, I was looking for a very rare and unique piece of equipment uh, for my studio, and I came across a guy uh, who was selling this piece of equipment, and he had a little studio like I did, and we just hit it off. We became the best of friends, and about two years after I met him, I'm telling you literally just out of the blue, he just said to me, hey, you know, uh, do you uh, trade in the stock market? I'm like, I don't trade the stock market. I don't, you know, I don't know anything about the stock market. And not only do I not know anything about the stock market, I'm not even interested in the stock market. So literally for the next two years, he badgered me. I'm telling you, it might even borderline been verbal abuse. He was just like, you got to learn the stock market. Everything flows to the stock market. You can't be a real businessman if you don't know how the stock market works. And so uh, so finally he uh, he wore me down. Uh, especially when uh, we were going to a Super Bowl party one time. And um, before we left out the door, he put these two big envelopes on the desk, two big uh, business size envelopes, and uh, asked me to open them. And I didn't know what was in them. And when I opened them, it was his uh, stock market portfolio and statements uh, worth over a million dollars. And so that was like the icing on the cake. He showed me that and two years of him constantly just saying I needed to learn. You know, I went to that Super Bowl party. I couldn't think about anything but learning the stock market, and uh, that's where it all started. That's exciting. It's like uh, what's his name, uh, Kenny G. You know, they say he makes more money from his stock portfolio than what he did with all the time that he did music. You know, and so there's there's some correlation with music, and then you know with the stocks. So great, great. Yeah. And so it that's how you people. begin. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say that's how a lot of you know a lot of people may see people out here doing one thing, but behind the curtain, you know, a lot of times they have their foot and footprint in the market in some way, shape, or form, even though they're you know they're well known for something else. Well, that goes to say that you know you never know what people are really doing and what really moves. You know, it's like even like in Hollywood, it's not all the movies; it's the stock market. That's actually moving a lot, of, and I think that's something that a lot of people are not aware of. So, so another question I have is, um, 
why why did you decide that the stock market was um, something that you really could make money from? How did how did you feel that you could really make money from the stock market? Well, um, I you know I I, uh, I have many passions. Uh, let's say from music to martial arts. Um, I've owned you know many different types of companies, but one of the things I did is that I believe in designing my life, and and, and the, what I mean by that is okay. What do I want to do when I get up to the time I go to bed? And I'm a person who uh, I love and crave freedom. I don't want anybody telling me where I have to be, what time I have to be there, how much money I can make. And so as I was looking at the stock market, um, I found that all I needed was my laptop, uh, an Internet connection, the software, and the know-how to do it. And I could do this from anywhere in the world. And so that's what started really fascinating me. And then I got into flipping stocks uh, or trading stocks, which is different than investing. Investing is where you buy and you hold a stock for a year or longer. And flipping and trading stocks is where you do it in a shorter period of time, months, weeks, days, hours, even minutes and seconds. And I really became, uh, uh, <laughs> the only word I can think of is obsessed with it when uh, – I bought a stock at 9.30 in the morning, which is what time the uh, stock market opens, 9.30 uh, East Coast time. And by 9.36, I had made $1,000. And I did all this, you know, sitting at my uh, laptop, and I was just blown away. I was just like, you know, and this is kind of at the beginning stages of uh, me learning, so I really didn't know exactly what happened. So I became uh, fascinated and just dug in even deeper trying to figure out, you know, uh, how did this happen? Why did it happen? Why did the stock shoot up like it did, you know, uh, that early in the morning? And that just fueled it because I knew if I could figure that out um, and I could, you know, get consistent profits, um, I could go anywhere, you know, and I could sit on the beach if I wanted to and flip stocks. And, you know, I was doing it in an hour or less a day, so I was like, man, this is the lifestyle I want. So that was that was the biggest attraction to me. Now, there was something you just said about uh, consistency. How do you, how can you make sure of that? I mean, you know, there's a lot of myths about the stock market. You know, a lot of people have a lot of fear, you know, tremendous right. amount of fear. And how is it that you feel that, you know, uh, people can do it consistently? You know, when I say consistently, it's like, right. can you say every month I'm going to make X amount of money or well, so what right. is, you know, because there's a lot of myths. So maybe you can share something about that. Sure. Well, the first thing is you have to be fair with the stock market. So what does that mean? Anything that anybody is good in, you have to practice it. Okay. So um, you can't skip steps. The challenge with the stock market is that so many people, you know, uh, they know that there's money in it. So they want to skip over the education part, they want to skip over the practice part and jump right into, I just want to get in there and, and, and uh, start making money. But compare that to any other profession. Suppose <clears throat> you were going to fly on a plane and you're talking to the pilot, and uh, you just happen to strike up a conversation. You ask the pilot, well, where did you go to flight school, practice and all that? And the pilot said, you know, I'm so excited about pilot school. I skipped over practice. Hey, but come on and get on my plane. You know, who in their right mind is going to get on the plane? Or, you know, a surgeon. You know, you have to have surgery. Where did you go to uh, medical school? I, I was so excited about cutting people open and doing surgery. I skipped the education. I skipped the practice. And nobody's going to get on their surgical table. And so in order to get consistency, you have to do just like anything else. You have to get educated. Then you have to practice diligently. And then you have to understand that you're going to have a loss Somewhere, Just like the team, since we're in football season, uh, the, the NFL team that wins the Super Bowl more than likely will have a loss somewhere in the season. But overall, they have uh, a winning season. So in the stock market, you have to accept you're going to have some losses, and you have to be able to control those losses. Don't let them spiral out of control. Put a game plan in, in, in place before you go into the market. Say, I'm willing to, to risk you know, $100, 500 1000 whatever, your risk tolerance is to make a certain amount. And when you know that up front, uh, number one, you don't lose all your money because you're putting 
triggers in place to uh, uh, to control your risk and mitigate your risk. Uh, and and, and uh, number two is uh, you can have more confidence going in there because you are controlling it. And so, uh, but it goes back to education, practice, and then doing it live. Great. I like that. That's a, a lot of times people say um, that. The, what, so when I say the key to making money in the stock market is always they say buy low and sell high. <laughs> you know, but what yeah. you're talking about is a little bit more. It's like you are really you're you're having a real game plan in place. It's exactly. not like and so that's you know, that's something. Well, the way we teach people is I I say I forbid you to go into the stock market without having a game plan uh, first. There's a lot of analogies between buying and selling stocks and driving a car. And, you know, who goes in their car and just says, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm just going to hop in the car and start driving. So most people, they hop in the car. They know where they want to go. They have a start point. They have an end point. But isn't it interesting, too, the first thing they do is they put their seatbelt on before they even pull off. They put that protective measure in place. So they've got a game plan. They know where they want, where they are. They know where they want to go. They put their protective measure in place first, which is their seatbelt, and then they proceed forward. And they might get on the beltway. It might be a backup. Might be an accident. Maybe something going on rush hour. And they say, okay, well, if this happens, I'll take an alternative route here. It's the same thing with the stock market. But imagine if you just said, <laughs> I haven't taken any driver's ed. I'm just hopping in the car and I'm gonna start driving, and I I don't even know where I'm gonna go. I don't know where I'm gonna get off, and you know, it, it, it's it's a it's an accident, a disaster waiting to happen, and that's what a lot of people do in the stock market. Right. So, and that gets back to the next question about the, the stock market is often considered being very risky, and. Mm-hmm. You know, there you can't really predict. Like uh, I think this latest stock I just was reading about Netflix, for example, and everybody mm-hmm. was talking about you know the doom and gloom around Netflix, and Netflix turned around and went up 20 points. So mm-hmm. the people who had a long bet on it did very well versus the people who had puts on it, and so they, you know, that's what, you know mm-hmm. the difference. So. What do you think is the difference in the trading and investing? You mentioned something about long-term versus, you know, yours is more like maybe a few weeks, a few days, or a few minutes. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is, you know, most people, when they start learning about the stock market, they're taught to be investors, which is like, like you said earlier, find a stock, buy low, and hopefully it will go high. The challenge with only doing that or just having that philosophy is that the U.S. stock market, um, a lot of things can influence it. You know, something can happen in Japan or China. Uh, something can happen in Spain or Italy or, as we saw with um, over in England with Brexit, and that affects our market and makes it volatile. And so... Um, you know, traditionally, people will say, uh, you know, over time, the stock market has, has shown to go up over time, just ride the waves out. Well, the waves can be really, really big now, and they can be very scary. And if you don't know how to control your risk and how to get in and out, you can really get slammed. I mean, there's no guarantee that, you know, your stock is going to go up just because you want to go up. You could get in as an investor, and it goes down. Um and so the advantage that we have as traders and stock flippers is, number one, we can make money when the stock goes up, and a lot of people don't know you can make money when a, when a stock goes down in price. That's called shorting a stock. So we have an advantage right there. You know, it's like playing tennis. We can play tennis with a forehand and a backhand, but yet we're playing against somebody who only can do a forehand. That would be an investor. So we can ride the wave either way. Uh, uh, number one, and uh, number two, we take advantage of that of that volatility. See, you know, one of the things I learned is that a lot of people uh, are being misled, even you know, to use an old quote, "hoodwinked and bamboozled," because um, they they don't know that 
is not the stock. It's the number of shares that you get of a stock times the movement of that stock. Okay, so somebody could go out and they say, well, buy this stock. It's a stable company, you know, blah, blah, blah. And let's say they buy three shares of it. And at the end of the year, uh, let's say the stock moved $10. So they made a whopping $30 at the end of the year. Okay, they didn't have enough shares of that stock really to do anything. But take somebody in a different scenario and say they bought, uh, you know, uh, 1,000 shares of a stock and it moves $1. Well, you just made $1,000 if it moves in the direction you want it. And that can happen. It could happen in a year, but it also could happen in a month, a week, a day, an hour, a few minutes, even a few seconds. So when I started really learning this, I was like, wow. Um, you know, I like being able to go in there and have the opportunity, uh, not the guarantee, but the opportunity uh to have unlimited income potential because I wanted to generate income. I didn't just want to sit in there and, and, and wait um, and, you know, maybe get a 10 or 12% return at the end of the year. Uh, that was kind of boring to me. Now, this is just me. I, I'm not, you know, putting anybody down for wanting to be investors. Just me. I like the excitement of, of being able to go in there, put together a game plan, execute the game plan, and, um if it does what I want, I maximize the profits. If it doesn't do what I want, I minimize uh, uh, the losses very quickly. And uh, for people who like that to be able to generate income, um, you know, this, this is what we do. And it's also kind of like the coach in me and the athlete in me. Like I like putting together these plays and then trying them out and, uh, you know, see how they work based on various indicators. So, you know, it's not just willy-nilly just running in the market, like we said earlier. But that's how we use volatility. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. I had one other question. Now, a lot of people who have a few bucks, because you were talking about, you know, what's the minimum amount that that you would recommend working with, you know, uh, building up um, your game plan? What's the minimum that you could actually run some of the plays that we're talking Mm -hmm. about here? and taking advantage great, of the volatility? Great question. And it's kind of a hard uh, question to answer, but uh, I'll give you this answer. Stocks come in all different prices, from pennies all the way up to thousands of dollars per share. And so, um, you know, a person could go in and, you know, they could have a few thousand dollars, but they have to match their account size up to what the price of the stock is. So let's 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 uh, say for example, um, I can't. I think it's Google. Google's like eight hundred dollars a share. So if you got a three thousand dollar account, it doesn't make sense to go buy an eight hundred dollar per share. So you can't you can't get that many shares of it. You might be able to get like three three and a half four shares of that stock. So you have to you'd have to find you'd want to find a stock you know maybe in the uh, ten to fifty dollar range that is volatile that will move you know, 50 cents to a dollar or somewhere in there. So, it's so you know, uh, you can get in the game really with, uh, you know, a few thousand dollars, and that's what I recommend is you come in with a few thousand dollars. Um, but I've got people on, on uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. i got people who have joint flipped that stock and, and, and have half a million, a million dollars to play with. I've got people in the middle who have, you know, twenty five to a hundred thousand, fifteen thousand. Then I got people who, you know, um they just have enough to get the educational program, but their philosophy is, you know, I wanna learn now and I'll save money up as I'm learning. So it's just kinda like I'll take driver's ed now. I don't have a car, but I'll take driver's ed and I'm working to save up for the car. And sometimes that's the best case scenario. Because sometimes I have to pull people back who do have a lot of money, and they're just ready to jump in. I got the money. No, you're not ready yet. You got to get the education. So it really runs the gamut. Okay, well that's good. I have a question. So what if somebody's using their retirement money? So how how would they? You think that that still is a, is a good plan? Because you know a lot of people don't want to lose their money. You know, so right. what would be? So how how do you talk to someone who's 
coming in with their either their Roth IRA, their 401k, or just the same, you know, a plain IRA. How would you talk to right. that particular individual? Well, first of all, you can't you can't uh, do our strategy inside of those accounts. So you'd have to take money out of those accounts and put them in a different type of account to utilize our strategy of being able to make money when stock goes up and down. But more directly to your question, you know, there's there's a saying that don't uh, trade or flip stocks with money that you can't afford to lose. I mean, they say that even just in investing. And so if a person has a nice nest egg and they're comfortable and they're straight with it and they're good to go, um, you know, that's an individual decision they have to make. So I'm, I'm not a... Uh, accountant or an investment advisor or a broker and I don't have any of those licenses. We're you know, we're strictly an education company. But each person has to kind of make that decision as to what they want to do and what their risk tolerance is. You know, some people are willing to take more risk than other people and they have to really assess that. And then they have to put together an appropriate plan. Again, getting back to being educated and putting together a game plan. Um, you know, as to whether what amount they want to risk. So, like, if a person had a retirement account of say five hundred thousand or a million, you know, they don't want to go in the market and then say, okay, well, I'm just going to risk a million dollars, and that's their whole account. You know, that doesn't make sense. So, a lot of times, there's formulas people can say you you know risk a certain percentage of your account if, if that's what you want to do. But it really is an individual thing, um, but I'm trying to kind of give, I guess, some general guidelines to that. Right. Because I, I, I think that that's the other thing is because when I'm talking to people and, you know, since this is all about investing, you know, you want to make sure that you ask those kind of questions. Is this appropriate for someone who this is a Roth IRA, you know, and they right. want to, you know, that's why I ask that question right. because that's something. And, but I <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. And I, I was going to say is, and I'll say this too is, trading and flipping stocks is for a person uh, who has certain characteristics. So if you're if you're if you're a person who uh, likes to do a lot of heavy deep research, and then you want to sit and pontificate on stuff, trading and flipping stocks is not for you. But if you're a person who likes action, who thinks quick, who um, uh, likes the opportunity. Uh, to have unlimited income from using these different techniques, likes the opportunity to potentially have greater returns. You know, the average investor might get like 10 to 12 percent, and, and they say that's kind of good. Um, whereas traders, that's boring to us. You know, we'd like to try and get that, you know, per week or per month. You know, um, and we have the opportunity. And I keep saying we have the opportunity, not the guarantee. But for people who are like that. Um, you know, uh, it's a clear distinction, and, and people really have to look at it and say, okay, is this what I want to do? Right. I, I think that that's, that's a good analogy um, because I think one of the things that I'm I'm kind of looking at is, um, so how many, you know, if you were to look at the, your, your, um, your students or your base of your students, are the majority of them men or are the majority of them are women? What, or do you have about an equal, equal distribution? That's really a great question. Uh, because to be honest with you, I would think that I would have a majority of men. But it's really about uh, 55, maybe even 60, 65% women to men. And... Um, you know, there have been studies out that uh, in many instances women make better traders than men. It's far fewer women trading than men, but, you know, I've seen some studies where they say women uh, make better traders because they're more uh, risk-adverse. So they'll put in place um, the necessary things to protect themselves. Whereas, you know, men, you know, our ego and macho can get in the way and, you know, we're like, no, the stock is going to do what we what I tell it to do, and, and, and so we, we 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 take on a little bit more risk sometimes than we should. But yeah, so I I say with uh, flip that stock and our, and our we, you know we have members in, uh, uh, all across the country and uh, 
some into Canada, even one in South Africa. Um, I'd say we're probably 55, 60% women. That's good because that's um, that's really one of the reasons why I really wanted to, you know, talk about the different ranges of possibility of investing. There's no one way, but there's, a, right. you know, there's a myriad of ways of investing. And like you mentioned about tolerance, you know, um, I, I, I have to tell you, I'm an adverse to too to, to much risk, but I like volatility, though. <laughs> you know, right. I do right. like volatility. Right. I'll be honest with you. But right. I don't like to take my whole account and put it in there. No. So I'll take a, right. you know, like I might do 10%, you know, right. that I'm going to do, and then I have, and then I do long-range type of thing. So some of it I do. You know, 10% of it, right. I'll take that risk. But I won't do 40, right. 50% of it, you know. And I like right. to keep cash. I like to keep cash on the side. Right. So well, you that's know, one of uh, my... I, I, I commend you because, I, 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 you know, I believe you're doing it exactly the right way. Uh, number one, you said I've got a percentage I'm going to go in with, so I'm not risking all my stuff, maybe 10%. I got 90% over here. And then number two is with the stock market being so volatile, um, I think you're at an advantage when you go in and get out and sit on the side with cash, and you can go back in when you're ready and, and do it over and over again versus I hear this all the time. Uh, where people are in it and they're, and they're investors, and they don't know how to really read the signals. They're just listening to uh, someone tell them, just ride the waves out, or that's what they're saying on TV or whatever. And that stock starts to crash, and they get married to the stock, and no, it's going to come back. And I always say, who said it's going to come back? You have a crystal ball, you know? Um, and so um you got to have a game plan. If your listeners don't take anything else away from this, you have to be educated and have a game plan. There's really nothing else. I mean, when we have uh, Thanksgiving dinner, people put a game plan together. Okay, we're going to go to the store, shop for this, get this. We're going to set the table this way. Well, if you do that for a dinner, you know, why would you not do that for your hard-earned money? But, you know, again, people, they just see the glory of the stock market, they just want to hop in. And then they feel some of the doom and gloom, and then they say, oh, it doesn't work, I lost all my money, see, I didn't know. You didn't properly educate yourself and practice and put a game plan together. Yeah, I like that idea about having a an, a game plan, financial education, because as you said, yeah, the flip that stock is also about an educational platform. And so I think that gives people an idea you know, defining what is that stock, you know, how do you select the stock, you know, uh, when is the best time to go into the stock, when is it time to get out of the stock, you know, and uh, and then, of course, you don't want to get involved with so much noise. There's so much noise, you know. Um, so I get up, <laughs> you know, whether you're listening to Kramer or you're listening to uh -huh. Bloomberg. I mean, there's just yeah. a myriad of, you know, so many people who are giving you, you know, their take on what, what's about to happen with the stock. Right. And so, and you know, uh, it's a, isn't it interesting? You can turn on uh, some, of, some of the networks, and they'll have a panel there, all right? They might have two guys, and, uh, two ladies on one side and two people on the other side or one person and one person. And, and one person will say, I think this is a buy. You should get this. And the person next to him will say, no, 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 I think this is a so, so if I'm sitting here watching this, I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so this is why with our strategy and what we do, I like reading the charts because the charts tell you exactly what's happening. All right, the charts, I've seen things where all this good news came out and a person say, oh, the stock is getting ready to shoot through the roof. And as soon as the stock market opens, it plummets. You know, and so uh, to your point, this noise, I mean, there's so much stuff out here. So I use the analogy in teaching, I say, I trust the charts. And I use the analogy of like this where a lady takes her husband to the emergency room and she tells the doctor, something's wrong with my husband. He's just acting upon me. And the husband says, I'm fine, I'm fine. So the news out of his mouth is that he's fine. But when they put an EKG monitor on him, it shows he's having a heart attack. So the monitor is telling what the real story is, even though the news coming out of his mouth is saying something else. So that's why I like reading the charts and stripping out all this extra noise 
and I've become what's called a, a technical analyst, meaning uh, I'm looking at the charts versus a fundamentalist who's like taking in the news and taking in all these other extraneous things. Not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying this is what I like to do and what I've found to be successful uh, for me and the strategy that we teach. Now, I have one question on that strategy. Do you look at a three-month chart, a one-day, um, or five days, or uh, when you're talking about your chart, you know, you're looking at the chart, how are you reading and what, you know what I'm trying to say, because some people look at it yeah. three years, one month, you know, right. three or one year. So that's why I'm asking that question. Right. Yeah, sure, that's a great question. So on the software platform that I use, I have three charts up at the same time. One of them is a one-year chart. One of them is a 30-day chart, and then the other one is a one- or two-day chart. I can switch it between one day, two day, or five days. Um, and I don't give a, lot, a whole lot of credence to the one-year chart or the 30-day chart other than just a quick look and if the stock is getting ready to hit a, a new high for the year or 30 days or if it's getting ready to hit a new low or if it's exhibiting some type of pattern. But typically – because we are flipping stocks, I'm looking at a one- to two-day chart with uh, uh, minute time frames on it. And I just have developed a system to look at that chart, look at those that one-minute time frame, and identify certain patterns. So uh, we've got two basic patterns that we use. The first pattern has about uh, seven variations of it. And then the second pattern is a pretty simple uh, pattern. And we just stick to that. Um, Shari, you, you mentioned something that was really important earlier, that there are literally, if you think of stock market uh, investing, trading, and education as a highway, well, this highway literally has thousands of lanes in it. And so what I said was I don't specialize in all those lanes. I specialize in the one lane of flipping stocks, which is going in in an hour or less, uh, looking at the chart, using these patterns, and taking advantage of volatility. If I go in there and I don't see a clear-cut pattern, and I have a saying, if you have to think about whether it's that pattern or not, it don't do it. When in doubt, stay out. Um, and so I just, you know, uh, repeat that system over and over again, and you become very good and just learning and identifying these few patterns during this time frame. Um, the patterns can show up at any time frame, but the, you know, the, most of the time we're going to show up during certain times of the stock market. And we just stick to that. That's, that's our lane. We own that lane. We dominate the lane of flipping stocks. Somebody else might be in a different type of lane of, of trading stocks or investing, but this is the lane that we're in that, that I like and that, and that we centered our education around. I like that. I think it's it's clear. You know, you have what they call you have your um, your set criteria, and that to me is very yeah. important because, like, when we're dealing with these unknowns, you know, right. like sometimes we don't go into the market. You know, I like I sit right. down on my hands sometimes. I say, oh no no no, I'm not going in this market. <laughs> yep. You know, I mean, yep. literally, I'm not going and. I'll, I get buy signals sometimes from different, you know, because I have different ones that I listen to, and mm -hmm. I'll look at it and I'll go, mm -mm, I don't feel it. I'm not feeling that, you know? Yep. And that's kind of yep. my intuitiveness is coming out, and it has stopped me from making what I call some really blunders, you know? I've gotten mm -hmm. better. I'm, I'm not good, but I've gotten better. Right. Now, I have one well, question. You, know, you have – go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, uh, once a person understands the mechanics – uh, what I mean by that is how to enter in order to buy or sell a stock. And once they understand, you know, what patterns and things to look for, the biggest challenge they're going to have is between their two ears, which is their brain and their emotions, and controlling their emotions. It's almost like you have to be uh, emotionless and because sometimes people, they just are so excited. I just want to flip a stock. I just I got the money. I got the account. I know the pattern. And, 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 and just they just force it. And, you know, uh, I, I look at it like you ever go and you're driving a car and you come to a stop where you have to merge into traffic. 
And, you know, most people want to wait until there's a clear opening to shoot in there or, you know, to, to drive out and get on the road. But then there's some people just like, I, 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 there's an opening, it's there, I, I, and boom, they're in an accident. I like to see a big, old, clear opening. I want the low-hanging fruit. I want the easy patterns um, because I'm tilting, you know, the the uh, scales in my favor. It's not a guarantee, even when it's a perfect opening, but I want to tilt everything in my favor as much as I can before I go in there and uh, and and uh, do my technique. That's great. I mean, I, I think that there that's an important part and. You know, and having that. So, how long would you think that a person would need to learn to study, you know, your particular mm-hmm. uh, platform and the techniques? How mm-hmm. long do you think a person should study before they really get become active in 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 trading? That's another great question, and one I get frequently. And so, the generic answer is, um, you know, everybody's different; they go at their own pace. But that being said. Uh, one of our claims of fame at Flip That Stock is that um, I teach the stock market differently than anybody else probably on the planet. And the reason is because um, uh, years ago I was on a uh, on a surgical team, you know, and and, uh, and so I'm on the surgical team. This is going to tie into your question in just a second. I'm on a surgical team, and so uh, imagine a patient laying on on a, a gurney or a bed, and you're getting ready to get rolled into surgery. And you have to do all these checks, you know, what's your name, you know, check this, that. Sometimes people are so nervous they can't even remember their own name. And so we have to learn very quickly how to take very complicated information and make it very easy to understand. Because imagine, sorry, if you're going to have surgery, and I came and I said, we're going to make a vertical incision down to your left quadrant, and from there we're going to use these incisors, and then we're going to uh, open it. I mean, you jump off the table and run. And that's how most people teach the stock market. It's, it's, it's boring, and it's, you know, and you're going to see a parabolic movement here. But we don't do anything like that. So I've created my own language that involves analogies. We take everyday analogies that people do all the time, and then we just transfer it over to the stock market. So I've been talking about driving a car a lot. That's the biggest analogy I use, and I use little things that people do when they drive their car all the time, and then I just transpose that into the stock market. So consequently, we have people who are learning very, very fast because these analogies cross over versus if I just use stock market language and then people are wobbling and they're getting ready to fall off their chair because they're falling asleep and they're saying it's boring, it's too complicated. We have fun with it, and I've even created my own dictionary of terms um, that if you went up on Wall Street and you said these terms, they'd kick you out of there. But, you know, we know what they mean, and we're just taking mm-hmm. the same thing that they call something, and we just call it something else that's easier to, to remember and understand. It's like creating a language that is that is it's easier and it's more, it fits, you know, your particular. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Now, we have uh, one of our members came up with this term, uh, uh, they called me up and they say, I told them we're creating this dictionary. And they said, okay, well, I got something for you. They said, you know, uh, we're all flockers. And I was like, flockers? There's a flocker. They said, that's people who flip stocks, combination of flipping and stocks, flockers. So we came up with this whole thing where it's like, you know, sorry, uh, you flocking today? You know, now <laughs> if you go up on Wall Street and say, are you flocking? Nobody knows. But we know. That's our language, right. you know. Uh, and we have a lot of fun with it, and people learn very, very quickly. Now, what's the um, the age? So, would you, I, if I remember correctly, you have two daughters, right? Are are you I do. teaching them about Are you teaching them about the stock market and having them to have their own account or anything like that? Well, let me put it this way: I have to laugh. I've tried. I had one daughter who uh, I started teaching her at age twelve, and she was picking up. I mean. She knew how to read a, uh, a chart. I even used to bring her to uh, some of my seminars to demonstrate that my strategy, I can teach. I don't have to really change my strategy up much from teaching uh, a teenager to teaching an adult because of the level that I created it on. Um, 
And then I have another daughter who, you know, she just, you know, the teenagers now, they just they just don't want to sit and, and do it. But uh, they know what dad does. They know um, the basics, and uh, they get that. So as they get older, uh, most definitely, um, they're going to know how to flock and be flockers. Well, the reason I'm asking that is because there's such a uh, – there seems to be there's a, a push for people, like you're talking about freedom, and a lot of people do not want to work on some of these jobs because you're making mm-hmm. the company rich versus, you know, really uh, building your 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 um, your own empire. And so that mm-hmm. was why I was asking you about your daughter. And, and the fact is that, in you know, you've already said the majority of your students are women. So there's that mm-hmm. interest in being, you know, being able to to define your your um your lifestyle. And to me that oh, was absolutely. why I was and I and I yeah, see um, that as being a very important part of this. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I've done seminars where I will ask people, you know, I'll start the seminar off and a lot of times I like to just kinda throw a, a, a loop at the audience just to to reach a point. And I'll ask somebody, you know, why did you come to this seminar? And I say, well, I wanted to learn how the stock market works. And I'll, I'll say, I, I respectfully don't believe you. And they'll look at me like I'm crazy. Then I'll pick somebody else and they'll say, well, I want to learn how to make money in the stock market. I say, I respectfully don't believe you. Now, everybody, the whole audience is confused. Like, are we in the right place? I thought it said, you know, learn how the stock market works on the sign out there. And so what I tell them is, I think what you want to do is you want to learn how the stock market works so that you can make money, so that you can have more options and more freedom in life and more choices. So the stock market and learning how to flip stocks uh, and invest in stocks is just a vehicle to get you to something else that you really want. And so um, I'm very, very big on lifestyle and designing um uh, your lifestyle. I have a new book coming out by the end of the year. This talking about that whole concept of very, you, you know, very specifically designing your lifestyle. You know, people go out to order a pizza. Nobody orders a pizza and puts on a pizza something they don't want. But yet they'll keep things in their life that they don't want. They'll keep a job in their life that they don't want. They'll keep people in their life that they. But then they'll go from the job that they hate for lunch and order a pizza with everything on it that they want. So treat your life like a pizza. Put things on it, create it, design it the way you want it. And it takes time. It takes effort. It takes energy. It takes money. But it takes all of that to be miserable. So you might as well do it and and go after, you know, the lifestyle that you want and the life that you want. That's, I love that. I love that analogy. I have one, I have two more questions for you. Now, if if I wanted to, let's say, you know, I'm starting out, I'm a new person, I know little stuff, but I'm learning, I would like to learn your um, your, your particular platform and, and educational uh, format. Mm-hmm. How, in what time frame do you think, it, let's say, if my goal, I put my goal out there, I want to make $250,000, and I'm coming in mm-hmm. with, let's say, 50000 mm-hmm. Would you be able to guide me to do that, or... How how would I be able to really make you know because that's my goal I want to make two hundred fifty thousand dollars and mm-hmm. let's say I would like to be able to do it within three years is you think that learning this particular style this would be possible? You know one of the things that um, by law we can't do is is make guarantees or make promises of income. Because, you know, we don't know mm-hmm. what stock is going to do, what it's going to do. But what I will say is this. As an educator and as a coach, um, I, I uh, am a championship basketball coach, and I took this team to an undefeated season, and we won the championship. Now, when we did that, I didn't go out. I'm 6'3", you know, 220 pounds. I didn't go out there not one time and shoot a basket or lay up or foul shot or a dunk. What I did was I coached them to be in a position for them to make the shots. They're not going to make every foul shot. They're not going to make every jump shot. You know, rarely they're going to get a dunk. But as a good coach, my job is to educate them, 
on how the game is played and then show them how to get in the right position that increases their odds for making the shot. And so I say that to say that that's really the best answer I can give. I get that question all the time. And I've had people come and they say, you know, JR, if I give you, you know, X amount of dollars, I want you to flip it for me and do that. No, that's not what we do. We educate people on it. Uh, well, can you guarantee me that if I no, I can't, I can't do that. Just like if if you took fifty thousand dollars and you put it into a business, you know, a brick and mortar business or some other type of business, you say, hey, my goal is to make two hundred fifty thousand in three years. Well, there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. So what you do is you educate yourself, practice, and position yourself with a game plan um, to hit that goal. And that's you know that's what we do. That's what we do, and uh, and I think we do it pretty well, if I must say so myself. But we we just can't make any guarantees like that. Okay, well that's fair. That's a fair. Now, how if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, how would they be able to, um, you know, reach you? You know, what's the best way to actually, uh, you know, get to one of your webinars, um, get one of your books? Um, so mm-hmm. tell us how, how we could reach you. Well, they could just go to uh, to the website, flipthatstock.com, and it's uh, F-L-I-P, flipthatstock.com. Uh, and uh, we have um, videos on there, a video, uh, How to Make Money Flipping Stocks. We've got radio interviews I've done. We've actually got a live stock flip uh, that your audience can go and look. This is a, a, a stock flip. Uh, that was recorded. Uh, I have a special software that can record um, what I do, and this particular stock flip did uh, five five hundred dollars and forty seven seconds. And we don't guarantee everybody's going to do that, but we want to show people the potential. You know, average doctor, you know, makes uh, about one hundred and twenty dollars an hour. And so, if you make more than one hundred and twenty dollars an hour, you're beating what a doctor who went through all that training uh, has done. So, um, so yeah, they can go to flipthatstock.com. And also, we always like to know, you know, hey, where did people who are visiting us come from? So it'll ask, you know, how did you find out about our website? And so uh, your listening audience can just put Shari in there. That'll let us know that, you know, um, they listened to the program and, and, and came through uh, your show. And um, that's pretty much it, you know. That's great. That's how they get started. And how is there a cost factor, or is there any freebies? Or I, I just thought about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they could, you well, know, you know how it is. People that always want to look. You know, I want to try it out. I don't know if it's for me right. yet. So that was right. Well, well, here's the, here 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 were my freebies when I started 15 years ago. I went to a seminar 15 years ago. The software that they were selling that I bought cost three thousand dollars. Then I had to pay $129 a month to get the feed. It is a software just like a TV. But if you don't have a cable feed going in or a stock feed that's giving you the prices, then it's just useless. So I paid $3,000 15 years ago for the software, $129 a month. And then I got a personal coach that um, I paid $4,500 for eight 45-minute sessions every Friday from 3 to 345 uh, for eight times for $4,500. So I had invested about $10,000 um, 15 years ago when I got started. So what we have is we have a comprehensive membership. Oh, and let me say, by the way, not once did the instructor, now back then there was no uh, you know, screen sharing, the Internet wasn't as big as it is now and all that. So not once did I ever go uh, in the stock market with, an instructor, and they walked me through the techniques that they were teaching. So we have a comprehensive membership that uh, starts off with uh, online videos and takes them step by step by step. We don't assume a person knows anything. You know, what is a stock? How does the stock market work? What is a stockbroker? How do you open up an account? What software do we use? Um, then we get into what our techniques are, and then twice a week, we go into the stock market, and I show people how to set up a practice account so they can watch us go, and I'll demonstrate these techniques live in the stock market, um, and they can see 
you know, uh, hey, if we make money, great. But what happens if the stock isn't doing what I want it to do? Then they get to see how uh, we react and, and make adjustments and things like that and minimize our losses. So they're getting a comprehensive education on the stock market and then uh, end up uh, hands-on viewing experience of how we do it. So uh, we have uh, a group membership and we have a private uh, personal coaching membership. And our uh, group membership is twenty nine ninety seven. That's two thousand nine hundred ninety seven dollars um, for a year's worth of access. Um, I really can't stress the value of what people are getting uh, for that amount, and um, especially the hands on and the live Q and A sessions. But I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm sitting here, and, and even as, uh, you know, we didn't discuss this at all, but I'll tell you, any of your listeners who, who go to um, flipthatstock.com and are interested in uh, signing up uh, for a membership, I'm going to tell my programmers to, we have a little section on the invoice um, area where you can put in a, a, a coupon code. So after we hang up, I'm going to uh, email my programmers and have them put Shari. So if any of your members say, hey, I'm seeing this, I want to go ahead, and I, I'm interested, and I want to go, um, if they type in Shari, C-H-A-R-I, and, and it'll be a case sensitive, then it's going to give them a surprise discount. I'm not even going to tell your listening audience what the discount <laughs> is going to be. They just have to go. And, uh, you know, it won't be effective tonight, but, it, you know, uh, tomorrow it'll be, it'll be, uh, it'll be up and running. And they put that in and they'll get a surprise discount. How about, is that fair enough? I think that's wonderful. I mean, I, I know that JR is a, you are just top of the line, you know, in educating and coaching people. So I really feel that that is really worth it. Very much so. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I, I've really enjoyed this. You asked some great questions, and I really commend you on uh, your show and your interview style. You know, uh, I always say a great interview is somebody who asks the questions that if I were sitting in the audience, I'd want to know, but and not up on stage to ask it. And uh, you ask some really great questions that I hear all the time that people really want to know. They want to know the answer yeah. to these questions. So, so I appreciate Thank you, you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you again. And everyone, this is J.R. of Flip That Stock, the CEO. I'm telling you, wonderful interview. Thank you so much, J.R. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.